you know, 14 years is a lot of years uh, at, at this at this position, and there becomes a lot of you know frustration and anxiety and stress and and some of the excitement and positivity and optimism can kind of be pushed away and that's never a way to leave, live your life and you know I pay close attention to that and um, and so you know when you think about things and and uh, you know there's a, a quote that I heard a while ago um, in the fall sometime I think it was one of those Eastern philosophers or something that said, you know, a man has two lives to live and the second one begins when he realizes he only has one. That was Chris Peterson at his retirement press conference today at the University of Washington. We'd like to thank UW Athletics for that soundbite. You're listening to NYC, NYSEA, and boy was everyone surprised, if not everyone, most of us surprised about the announcement just two days ago about coach Chris Peterson stepping down as University of Washington's head football coach. Will Sanchez, Dory Bennett, we've got a great show for us today. We've got J.C. Pearson, Jamal Fontaine, and we're starting off the show with Scott Ligo. Scott, how you doing? Good, my friend. How are you guys? Good, good. Good. Uh, Still reeling from the shock actually, and uh, even after watching the press conference today. So uh, one of the pieces that Coach Peterson brought up was um, this piece about coaching and time commitment. And uh, how about we start off with that? I mean, it, there, it's a huge time commitment. Give us your impressions on on what that what, what that means, right? What does that really mean? Well, I, I, I think, you know, listening back on that for 24 hours perspective, seeing social media responses from people, Unfortunately, a lot of people just don't really understand what these coaches give away. And, 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 and this speaks from youth, you know, sports all the way up to the top. You know, these guys literally give away their times and of their lives. And, and they give away time away from their families and their wives and their kids and watching their own kids grow up and, and, and play their sports and things like that. So, uh, you know, there's no joke to the profession. Uh, I have personal knowledge how it works. It's, you know, 80 to 100 hours, if not more. Um, the, the the wins are are you know important and they enjoy them, but the losses are devastating and really hard. And you gave 60, 80 hours a week, and you literally went out for three hours and lost it. And so it's it's, it's tough for these guys. And I think the bigger question that people really need to think about when you think about a coach Peterson not only is a time commitment a big issue. I think really the issues that are in college football that we've discussed on this show before are really what's kind of driving this. And, and I asked the question, how many more coaches are going to look at Coach Peterson and say, you know, I just, I can't do it anymore. I'm out. And, you know, uh, I just found out today that t- yesterday there were 60 kids that entered the transfer portal alone just yesterday. Last Saturday, uh, when Texas Tech was playing Texas, six of their kids who were, you know, maybe some weren't NFL guys decided not to play in the game to preserve themselves let alone the guys that will do it here in the next couple of weeks in the bowl games uh, and things like that. And so I think you look at that, you look at the NCA California deal. I think a lot of these coaches are beginning to look at the bigger picture and saying, can I, can, do I really want to do this? Can I do this? Do I really want to live my life down this road? And I, I think that that's a lot of questions that need to be answered, or I think we're going to lose a lot of the great, you know, coaches like coach Peterson and, uh, He's a man of principle, and I respect what he did and, and uh, the way he handled it. 
what people don't really realize is when a head coach gets fired uh, regular season, uh, there's just not him. There's nine, you know, 10 other lives that are involved in that. And that means from wives to kids to everybody. And I think that's a perspective that a lot of people don't really get and understand. And uh, so when, when the head coach gets fired, it's a bigger ripple effect that people realize. Um, and I think that the NCA, college football, athletics needs to look at the bigger picture. Really, is are we going down the right roads? Um, and I think that, unfortunately, we're going to probably see more Chris Petersons. And, you know, let's face it, you know, we, like I've said, we discussed it on the show before. The money's crazy, and these guys get paid well, and, and they're, they're easily – you can easily walk away from it, and which to the, begs the other end of the question is a lot of coaches, if they do it right, they can walk away from it, and that's what I really respect about Coach Peterson. He's probably, you know, done a good job saving his money and got the, the ability to walk out the door and say he's going to do it the right way and stay on to the university and get to do what he really likes to do, like I think built, that built for life stuff. So just my simple, uh, you know – uh, introspective, you know, thoughts immediately from the coach Peterson resigning. Scott, um, obviously you, you've coached, you've been assistant coach with UW. Um, you know, Chris Peterson uh, stepping down today after uh, after 14 years at a major school. He's had a whole career uh, in football. He's a football lifer uh, going back, uh, you know, since childhood. You know, he mentioned in his press conference, uh, he remembers looking at, a, you know, video with his dad, you know, and, and breaking down video way back when. Um, you mentioned about the, the transfer protocol and really – kind of your specialty right now with dealing with uh, kids and parents and rec- recruiting uh, recruiting aspect. What does the timing of this announcement right now, how does that help or hurt a program like the University of Washington? Well, I think, I think it, it really helps, to be quite frank and honest with you. I think that, um, you know, you can look at timing um, or not timing, but more if you didn't announce and things, something got out, a rumbling start, that's when, the, that's when, your recruiting class and go haywire. I think they got ahead of it. I think they were smart about that. I think Jen Cohn realized that they have a really good class this year. Um, I know she, you know, knows that Jimmy's probably one of the integral parts of, of the recruiting, you know, group that, that they have. Um, so I think that they knew that if they didn't get ahead of this, you know, name the coach, uh, I mean, and look at right now, you know, Florida state last week wanted to name their coach. They still another week out. Um, you know, I know that uh, the situation down at USC, one of the biggest concerns is, they're the 76th ranked recruiting class, and they've gotten of the top 25 kids out of the LA area. They've only got two, so it can use it can be used against you heavily if the rumors start. If people heard some rumblings that Doug Peterson thinking about resigning, uh, moving on, uh, it can be used negatively. And, and unfortunately, in the profession, they will use it any advantage they can find. They will use age discrimination. Saying you know, I mean, look at Frank Zola. She's 75 years old, and he wants to get a contract renewal. Well, you don't think other coaches in that, you know, that conference, the Mac, are using that against him. So there's, it's you to, to your point. I think it's a huge advantage that they got ahead of it, and I think it's it's was a wise move on Jen Cohn's Jen Cohn's part. Well, one of the pieces that came up in uh, that Coach Peterson said today in his press conference was, "If I thought this would set us back, I wouldn't have done it at this time, but I know Jimmy is ready for this." And I know that the University of Washington is in really good hands, and the the program that we have gotten started will just continue to excel. And I I think that by Coach Peterson still being involved with the athletic department and being a presence, I think that's also one of the pieces that is keeping players here. I, I've not heard of any players leaving yet, 
And the other part is, is that they, Jen Cohen got ahead of this with Jimmy Lake two years ago when they made him the highest paid defensive back, or excuse me, defensive coach in the, in the NCAA. Because I think they knew that if they didn't try to keep him, he would go somewhere else. And that's what Nick Saban tried to do last spring was to take him away by offering him multi-million dollars to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. So you're right. The athletic department, Jen Cohen, they did get ahead of it. And, and you know, balance is, is necessary. And I think that's one of the pieces that Coach Peterson kept preaching as well. He made his coaches go home at dark. He said, go home. No one's spending the night here. So the tone he set, the program he set, and the integrity – in which he built this program back means means that now we have another foundation to continue to build upon. Couldn't agree with you more. I think that, uh, you know, there's there's so many aspects that are so great about the whole thing. Number one, he's worked under Coach Peterson. I mean, obviously, Coach Peterson, I don't know if people know this, but he literally has branded merchandise. He's got the whole thing. He has the whole built for life. I hope Coach, you know, uh, I'm sure Coach, Lake is smart enough to bring Coach Peterson in to talk about his built for life program. Probably can't, you know, replicate it necessarily, but knows and understands that's the most important thing about, you know, trying to develop these young people, making the program. So that, that for me, as an alumni and as a former guy that coached under Coach James, I think that you know, just the simple um, transparency and it just continuing on. I think there's a lot of stepping stones, and and Jimmy's a different guy. I mean, he's going to do things different. I heard him today; he said it. He's going to be attack on offense and attack on special teams. And I think that's an, you know, an important thing in front of his predecessor and saying it, you know, Hey, well, I just want to be more aggressive those ways. I I think, you know, he's going to have his stamp. There's no doubt about it. But to your point, Dory, that, you know, Jen was uh, already had a list and like any good athletic director. I mean, we all know that, you know, maybe coach Peterson was thinking about the pros or something like she always had a list ready to go. And, you know, I think even one guy even deserves even a little more, you know, light to the whole situation. And Pete Kukowski, who was their, you know, co-defensive coordinator with Jimmy, and, and he was humble enough in his assessment. He knew that Jimmy was probably going to leave, and probably, you know, the rumblings in the in the uh, you know staff room when you kind of have it, you're like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, thinking about going. I mean, he got it, and so he said, went back to Coach Pete and said, we don't do something here to help him, make him the coordinator, let him make the calls. He's probably going to roll, and so I give a lot of credit to Pete that you know that, which I think speaks bigger to the volume of Coach Peterson's program. That there's the selfless part to that program, and uh, I think that that's you know goes back to his quote that he said today that you know you have two lives, and then you figure out you only really have one life, and so I think that that's an important aspect to uh, what I think the continuation of this program will look like. That's President of Student Athletes Advocate Scott Ligo. Uh, former coach Scott, thank you for your time and your your insight today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. You too. Once again, that was Scott Ligo. We appreciate his time, former coach. We got some insight, especially on the recruiting trail and how that affected uh, the timing of today's announcement, how that was a positive, uh, making that announcement now and getting ahead of it uh, right away. So um, next on the line. Let's keep it going. J.C. Pearson, former class of 1983. Uh, you know, we, we lost a coach today from California, so it, it makes sense to bring in a California kid <laughs> from the UW alum. And welcome to the show. Uh, J.C. Will Sanchez, Dory Ben, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. And uh, class of 84, bro, I'm old enough, man. No, don't make me. No, don't, don't, don't add another I'll... year. <laughs> 
Mom. <laughs> you got it, bud. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm I'm still reeling a little bit from the shock. Um, it it felt it it first of all it was so shocking, and it felt like when Coach James stepped down. Those were the feelings that came just welling back, and and you were around. Um, or you were in the NFL by the time Coach James stepped down. But talk to us a little bit. Uh, share share your thoughts about the surprise, about the impact a coach uh, stepping down can have on a program, and any experiences you'd like to share. Uh, you know, I mean, I was just as shocked as, as everyone else. You know, and I, you know, I'm friends with social media friends with uh, a lot of former Huskies, and you know, I, everybody seemed to be pretty shocked about it. You know, I think the difference between him and and when Coach James did it, Coach James did it after the Pac-10, the then Pac-10 uh, probation. Um, you know, where he felt like the the conference was kind of targeting Washington and and didn't like uh, the way that that investigation went and put him on probation. So he he kind of uh, was a little angry about the whole situation and, yeah. and retired. Um, you know, this was a little different, and no one saw this coming, especially after you know big win against Wazoo, and you know it had I, it had to be kind of be in the works. I think I don't think it was, uh, you know, I don't think guys, especially at that level, make spur of the moment emotional decisions. So it had to be something that um, I think had he had to be contemplating for quite a while, you know, because that that takes a lot of thinking, a lot of you know, a lot of thought to to step down you know i know he had a new contract in place and things like that so I, yeah i think it was something that that at least he had to have been thinking about for a while jc as a as a former player and you've played with so many great coaches you played with two uh hall of fame coaches at fullerton college obviously don james uh marty schottenheimer your D coordinator Bill Cower, I mean D coordinator Tony Dungy, Dennis Green. I mean you've played and been surrounded Herm by Herm Edwards, Herm Edwards, yeah. so many great yeah. great coaches. Um, what do you pick up any vibe when you're in the locker room and you know that your coach, especially if you're a junior or a senior, that something's off? You know, is, is do you think maybe the players or the assistant coaches maybe got a vibe that maybe something else was going on before this announcement? Yeah, it's always hard to to tell, you know. Like you said, I I played for a lot of coaches, and and some, you know, thinking back in their last years and that kind of stuff. And you know, you you never think that because it's never expected. You know, it's different when it's a firing. You know, and I've played for coaches who have gotten fired. Also, that's a different deal because you know the the season has gone a certain way. Obviously, not the way that was expected, and you know that there's going to have to be a change somewhere, whether it's players, coaches, whatever. Um, but this is different, you know. This is a different deal when it's completely their their decision, and uh, kind of catches everybody off guard. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he was acting any differently the last few weeks, or once he, in his mind, had made that decision or not. But uh, I'm sure it, it caught pretty much everybody by surprise. He did share JC that uh, in today's press conference that last year after the Rose Bowl. It took him quite a while to sit back, recharge, reflect, and get to that place where he actually could be reflective. And he said he didn't feel that he took as much, um, took in as much as he could from the Rose Bowl experience. Uh, 
that they'd worked so hard for it, and, and, and it didn't really resonate with him as big as that game really was. So that was one piece. And then the other part he brought up was that that, tried, that started to make him feel like he needed to make a decision because of the energy and the time and, and everything it takes. And in order to do it the right way, the way Chris Peterson does it, builds a program and with integrity and, and a purpose of it's more than football, he needed more time more to recharge his batteries. And so today he did yeah, say yeah. that two days before the Apple Cup is when he finally told his wife that he decided he would step down after the Apple Cup. Or he's going to do the bowl yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those those jobs are stressful. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Urban Meyer just a couple of years ago, and yeah. he talked about stress and all that. I mean, those jobs are very stressful because, you know, you're, you're, the expectations at schools like Washington and, you know, Ohio State and, you know, Urban, where Urban was, and, you know, those major programs, there's a lot of expectations there. So there's a lot of pressure uh, on those coaches to, you know, not only to – to manage their coaches, but to manage the players, the recruiting never stops. So it's yeah. not like you have an, you know, an off season like you do in the NFL. Um, it's nonstop, you know, and uh, I, I can see how it can wear on people um, at every level. And uh, I had a number of opportunities to get into coaching once I retired, and I didn't want to do it just because I knew the hours and the commitment that it took to do that and that's something that I didn't want to do I wanted a family life you know I wanted to be able to spend time with my kids and, and do various things and once you make that commitment to that profession you know you're all in JC um, with Peterson Lee leaving he um, recently unseated Stanford as the Pac-12 leader in NCAA's academic progress rate uh, well uh, grade point averages well above 3.0 Obviously, we know about uh, the bowls and the champion and the winning seasons. What is going to stand out for you the most about Chris Peterson's legacy here at UW? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, as well as, as he did, I don't think, you know, he ever reached the expectation coming in that people thought, you know, coming from Boise and, and uh, you know, those guys – playing as, as well as they played year after year and, and uh, you know, competing for uh, possible national chi- titles, you know, you know, they're just, and that, at that school you lose once and you're out. But they were in it for a long time. Uh, you know, that big win against Oklahoma, the Fiesta Bowl. You know, I, I thought that he would come here with better talent and really, you know, get this, this program uh, to the top of the country, you know, and, and stay there. But, uh, you know, so I – I think the expectations were really, really high for him coming from Boise. Um, the legacy, I, you know, I, I really don't know. I, you know, I think people will talk about the surprise still that, that he didn't stay as long as people thought he would stay, I think. Um, but I think the program's in good hands. Um, I think there's a lot of talent left, and uh, so I think he, he left it better than he got it. So that's a good thing. I would agree with you 100%. It. When Coach Peterson got hired, um, my brother called me and he said, Dory, this is the coach everyone's been waiting for since Coach James left. He has the integrity. He has a belief system that will change the program around. And and I I think that's why today's press conference was so emotionally um, driven. But the smile on Coach Peterson's face 
and the light in his eyes was exactly what he looked like when he took the job and the press conference when they introduced him as the head coach. And so it seems like he's at he's very much at peace with this decision and feels very strongly that the program is in really great hands and he said he wouldn't leave he wouldn't leave it if he didn't feel that way. He would not have taken the step down if he didn't feel that way. So, um, you know, again, coming through with class and integrity and making sure that the program is, as you said, in better hands now. I mean, it's better now than when he got it. And, and he had to make some strong stands with players and with, with personnel when he first came into the program because people needed to know this is what the University of Washington stands for. And this is this is the way we're going to build this program. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I, I know that, that Coach Lake is well respected yep. um, around there, and even even in in the, the conference. But um, you know, being a first time head coach, and, and again back to the recruiting, you know, I think the kids that know him already and have a relationship with him or know of him uh, think highly of him. But uh, again, when you're going out and you're recruiting and you're you're battling. Uh, these established schools for players that don't know you, you're just, you're trying to get in the door. You know, I think it's going to be tough in the beginning because, you know, he's not the, the, the nationally known name. He's not the, the big hot, you know, coach that everybody across the country knows. So, you know, it depends right. on uh, where they're going to target their recruiting and, and uh, the areas that he's been in for kids that know of him and have heard of him because it's going to be hard to, to go in and recruit against the big names uh, right off the bat. What are you going to be your expectations for the Huskies in uh, 2020? Yeah, that's a, again, that's a, that's a great question. Um, not sure what what they are right now. What style? You know, what are they going to be offensively? You know, defensively they'll be the same, obviously, because he was he was the defensive coach. But you know, what are they going to do offensively? Um, who are they going to bring in to run the offense? Uh, you know, so it, there's a lot of questions. Um, anytime there's a new coach, you know, um, it, it remains to be seen. So, you know, obviously there's always a, a standard and expectation um, at Washington to win. There's no question about it. To to win, uh, compete for the Pac-12 championship. All of those expectations, no matter who takes that job, are going to be there. No, no question about it. So. Um, that's what he's going to have to live up to, and that's what people are going to expect. Well, it would be really great to get an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach that that has had the position at the D1 level, has been a play caller, has has a proven record with quarterbacks and teaching the quarterbacks and running offenses and calling the offense. And maybe that's a guy that has some head coach experience and also was on the offensive side of the ball. Because as as we know, it takes more than one guy at the head to make this thing happen in a positive way. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. It will, we will come to find out who decided to stick around and, and once those, the hiring of the regu- of the rest of the staff goes. Right, yeah, and he's a defensive guy, and so he's got to bring in a strong offensive guy yep. um, that that can handle the offense, that that he can trust, um, as well as the assistants. So who he brings in is going to be key, especially on that side of the ball. We know that he knows the defensive side and can handle that. Um, but again, um, being a head coach and a first-time head coach, there's so many things that he is going to have to do that's going to take away from that. So. You know, I don't know if, if being a head coach and a coordinator, 
you see it in, in the NFL sometimes, but you know, there's so much to do and uh, things that he may not even realize. I'm sure he's, he's trying to gather as much information as possible, but I think that he's probably going to have to have a defensive coordinator also. JC, thanks for your time. JC Pearson, class of 1984. Get the number right. <laughs> there you go. You're right. I'm old enough, bro. Trust me. We really appreciate your time and insight on this, uh, I mean, incredible turn of events in the last 24 hours. And uh, we just want to thank you for uh, coming on for a few minutes. We appreciate your time. Hey, not a problem. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, JC. All right, Doris. That was J.C. Pearson. We really appreciate his time. Let's make sure that we correct ourselves for the record because we don't want to make him older than his class of 1984 (laughs) with Don James. Let's keep it going on the phone. Captain of 1993 UW Huskies, Jamal Fontaine. Jamal, how you doing? 1991 national champion. What was your reaction today for uh, the announcement with uh, Chris Peterson? Wow. Uh, hi. How y'all doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, you know, shocking. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are a lot of other people that probably should be uh, stepping down. <laughs> a whole bunch of a whole bunch of other coaches need to be looking in the mirror. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, uh, yeah, well, with Coach Peterson uh, handing over the – really kind of handing over the reins, I mean, they got – they have Jimmy Lake signed up quick. They got him got, They got him signed on as the UW, the new UW head coach. Uh, give us your impressions of, of Coach Lake and, and any information you can share out with how you feel about that hire. Uh, wow. Uh, well, I mean, Jimmy Lake, I mean, what can you say bad uh, about the guy? I mean, he's definitely – put his time in as a uh, position coach and as a coordinator, assistant coordinator, uh, co-coordinator, uh, so, uh, so that's what you call it, and then uh, then the coordinator. Uh, he's coaching the NFL. He's, I believe he's probably coaching high school. I, I know that he's coaching the GA, so it's not like he's uh, brand new to the game. Uh, he's coached professional players. He's um, implemented a plan for development for players. And that has worked. Um, so you would think that he's worked, you know, with Peterson for a while. And so he's got the infrastructure um, of all the other coaches that he's worked with and Coach Peterson. So it's not like it's going to be a um, – I'm sure it'll be a shift, but it won't be necessarily a, a philosophical shift. He probably will be able to keep um, a lot of the core um, necessary coaches around. Um, and keep the recruiting going. So um, I'm happy that it won't be, you know, starting over from scratch, uh, so to speak, in that regard. Um, and just wish to, uh, wish to wish him, wish him and his family and, and those players well. Jamal, um, we've seen the, the track record, especially for defensive coaches, uh, whether it's in the NFL and in college, be successful. Uh, I know you're one of your defensive coaches on your uh, 1995 Super Bowl uh, championship team with the San Francisco 49ers was Ray Rhodes. How do these type of coaches translate over to the head coaching seat, and how difficult is that? Well, I think it depends. It, it all depends on what you are, what type of a person you are. 
um, as you trans as you promote from a coordinator or a position coach to coordinator, coordinator to head coach. If you're the kind of person who has confidence in the people who you hire, um, and you have those collaborative meetings in the beginning um, where you have a good understanding of what they're going to run on offense, or if you're an offensive guy, what they're going to run on defense, but specific to your question about defense, um, I think Jimmy Lopes is going to check, uh, can transfer well. I think some of the older school coaches who grew up in the um, and, and the my way or the highway type um, mindset of I run the show type thing, uh, non-collaborative, we do what I want to do, do, and we play how I want to play, play. <laughs> you know, so those are uh, those, those will be difficult for them to, 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 to move forward in today's game. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, I mean, Jimmy Lake had a, uh, was a defensive back coach here uh, when your brother was a defensive back. So give us a little bit of insight on, on what Matt has said about what kind of a coach he is and, and on, on his impression as well. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I just spoke to him today actually about that. And Hmm. um, Matt didn't have as much um, fun, not necessarily fun. He had a lot of fun, graduated, had a good time, you know, got all the benefits from the university of Washington, but what they didn't necessarily um, experience was a lot of winning during the time when he was there. Mm. Uh, one of the highlights of when he was there, though, was his experience with Jimmy Lake. He thought he was professional. He thought he was honest, uh, and he was able to get a lot out of him. You know, uh, as well as with Phil Snow, as well as well too. But he really highly spoke highly of Jimmy Lake. He thinks Jimmy Lake's going to do great. Um, and and so, I mean, if, if that has anything to to fiddle <laughs> into this conversation, you know, he gets Matt's endorsement as well. I have a question, and uh, and it's really um, I'm asking your opinion on this. Um, to start the year, to start the season, 14 out of 130 schools in D1 football, only 14 of those had uh, African American coaches. Three of them since then have been fired. Now in the Pac-12, you have Mel Tucker, Kevin Sumlin, David Shaw, Herm Edwards, and now Jimmy Lake. What what do you think that the Pac-12 is doing to promote? Uh, minority coaches and, and, and what kind of job you think um, that they're doing that's different than the rest of the, the conferences because obviously uh, the majority of, of minority coaches are in the Pac-12. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. I mean, I, I really would like to get to a place where we don't speak about coaches as race, you know, being a black coach, white coach, green coach, yellow coach. I mean, it really is just kind of terrible that we're still having these conversations. Uh, and then if you look at the numbers, right, I mean, if you look at the numbers of players that they actually have, uh, the representation, or you look at the um, um, coaches' staffs where there's only a couple um, minority, I'll call them minority coaches, um, and they're only re- there to recruit the areas. And, of course, that's more of a conversation for the athletic directors uh, than it is, you know, for me to answer that question. Well, why are our presidents, our, our school presidents, um, allowing athletic directors to not necessarily, you know, to only use the, you know, the college version of the, the Rooney rule. Uh, uh, you know, people are who they, who they, who they hang out with, you know? So, I mean, this type of question, they kind of blend a lot of different conversations, a lot of bigger conversations, right? Um, I think the Pac-12, I mean, just based on those numbers that you presented, it looks like they're making a trend moving upwards. I mean, I think there's a different shift as well, too. Uh, with California now possibly allowing players to start getting paid in the future. Mm-hmm. I think when you start adding NFL coaches like Herm Edwards, 
are going to bring these kids into Arizona, a great recruiting climate, right? Yep. Um, always warm and great facilities, right? Uh, and they're bringing other professional coaches. When you start making commitments to these types of schools nowadays, these kids aren't coming here without, you know, like when I played, I didn't know if I was going to make it to the NFL, right? These kids are coming to college now with a plan, man. These guys are like, they're their own brand, right? So mm-hmm. as, as, as in the, in the, and there's not a lot of allegiance to the school anymore because it's a business, right? And, and kids are seeing that. And it's not just business in college, it's business in high school. And, and in pre ball, right? I got kids that play pre sports. And it's yeah, middle school. There. Yeah, so, recruiting's happening in middle school. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. So what, you, what you're saying is that you're manifesting the mindset of these players to, to it's about me yeah. because, you know, you're only as good as your legs. So um, I, I say to the Pac 12 and to all uh, people who are playing sports to kind of look at it, not, don't necessarily look at it from those old lenses. Look at it for what it is today and understand that these kids aren't dumb. And their parents who invested all that time and put them to those camps and taking all those practices, I mean, there's a huge investment. Being put into these kids, right? Um, And uh, they're not necessarily settling for the same things that we were settling for, which I I applaud. So, 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 uh, Jamal, with this coaching change that's just occurred, and you were a player when there was a a coaching change when Coach James left. What do you think is one of the most important pieces that Coach Lake and his staff need to do to keep the players they have, and make sure that those players that have already agreed to come to Washington still come to Washington. What's something to con- to make that connection and keep things going in the positive for uh, positively forward? Yeah. Yeah. If I hear you right, you want to know, is there something they should do to, to keep the right going in the direction where that and they'll have a big shift. Is that correct? Yeah. Let's, let's just, um, what, what's the one thing that, yeah. What's the one thing that would keep a make sure a player stays here during this coach with the new coaching change? Yeah, well, I think anybody that leaves because of the coaching change really isn't bought into the program and isn't necessarily about their development. I don't think the coach really has a lot to do with what's going on anymore. I mean, these kids are on a mission, man. Every time they're on the field, every time they're on film, they're being evaluated by the NFL. If they're at the place for the school, the school didn't change. The school didn't lose the coach. The team lost the coach, right? And this guy really is These guys, these guys move the drill. They keep on playing. So, you know, these decisions that were made between, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll miss Coach Clemson, and, and I'm sure they have a lot of love for him. Um, luckily, they're not bringing in uh, another outside person where they got to relearn, right? I mean, they've had right. experience with Jimmy Lake. So if the experience was good with Coach Lake uh, prior to Coach Peterson leaving, it should stay the same. If the experience was rocky, I mean, that too will stay the yeah. same. And if they leave, then they probably were going to leave even if Coach Peterson would have stayed. So those who would use Coach Peterson leaving, I think when they get a little bit older, they'll look back on that and say that they were just masking that decision for some some underlying other problem. Well, um, so to answer your question, I don't think they have to worry about it. In reference to uh, my experience with Coach James, Coach James quit right before we actually played Stanford. That was a little bit more tumultuous. I yeah. mean, we, we were um, in double days, uh, and we were um, in the season. at our afternoon meeting when he walked in, opened the door, and said he quit, and turned around and walked away. Jeez. So yeah. I mean, that was that. And, and we had we were in game week for Stanford. So, um, again, we had Coach Lambright. Uh, I, I don't know how much uh, lead time they had to digest that. Right. Uh, but for us as players, we really didn't have a lot of time to process that. Um, and, yeah, 
I mean, that's that, and 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 we still played. So right, uh, and <laughs> played well. for the University of Rams, and let me tell you that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Jamal, not one team in the Pac-12 is still in Sarge Bowl. Say that again. I said not one team in the Pac-12 is still in Sarge for the University of Washington for teaching me. I guarantee you. <laughs> oh wow! Well, thank you, Jamal. Thank you for joining us today and uh, giving us that player insight. It was excellent. Thank you so much. For, for sure, for sure. Hey, you guys, take care. Have a great day. Thanks for calling. Thanks a lot. We appreciate your time, Jamal. All right, now, bye bye. 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 That's uh, Jamal Fontaine, um, 1991 national champs uh, captain. I mean, he need to talk about leadership. Uh, he was captain of this yeah. team. Uh, he was there in 1994. He's Super Bowl champion with the San Francisco 49ers. It'd be great to get him on and uh, talk some NFL another day. Um, and um, you know, just well, you know, we appreciate all of our guests uh, coming on the show: J.C. Pearson and Scott Ligo. Listen, Chris Peterson here, six seasons. You know, he had almost a 700 uh, win percentage. He, he went to you know five bowls. He was one in four. Right. You know, so it depends right. on what you value for legacy. You know, do you value, and maybe in the landscape, the way the landscape is different because when Boise was playing, you didn't have these national title games, right? No. You didn't yeah, have these. Right. So it's a whole different landscape. So what do it you is. value? Do you value the fact that he built this program and is leaving it in great hands for uh, uh, pretty much an assistant that has been looked upon uh, throughout the nation? You know, people have been looking to, uh, to take this this coach and Jimmy Lake, yes. and he he did a great job of saying I'm staying put, and yep. maybe he saw the writing on the wall year to year. Who knows, right? That that's a probably a private moment. Maybe Chris pulled him aside at one point because they go back way back when and says, Hey Jimmy, why, why don't you hang out here for a second? Right. Okay. You know, I'm not sure how much longer the program is going to be yours, but you know, he wants to stay with the philosophy. Which is, he said, I'm going to copy the recipe, and that recipe is build for life, yes. which Chris Peterson did. Yes. He said he wants to go attack mode on defense, which we've seen, right? I mean, he's led the Pac-12 in total defense and scoring defense in four consecutive years, and that was from 2015 to 2018. He wants to attack on offense, special teams, and academics, which I absolutely love. But that is something that Chris Peterson uh, focused on while he was here. And right. maybe, we, you know, JC mentioned it, maybe you didn't get those type of players because he didn't want those type of players in his locker room. He had other values. Remember, he said goodbye to Marcus Peters. You know, there were certain guys that he didn't Quickly. go out out of his way to recruit. He wanted to build a program for the long term, and right. that was a good football program with great academics. Uh, Dory, final words before we wrap it up. Well, Coach Pete brought us back to prominence. He brought integrity back to the program at the University of Washington that had been missing with the other five coaches between Coach James and Coach Peterson. And I think Jen Cohen made a, made a great hire. She made sure that Jimmy Lake was here if and when this transition might occur. She hired him right away because she didn't want him to get away. Yeah, yeah. There was a smooth transition, and um, I, I'm looking forward to it. But we definitely need some powerhouses in the coaching position on the offensive side of the ball. And coaches have been getting fired. Yes. And they haven't hired. It was one of the conversations that we had earlier. Right. Uh, maybe they were looking for coaches like a Jimmy Lake, you know, besides some of these other big names. 
Right. You know, but once you get out of that top tier, and I, and and that's not to you know devalue. Uh, you know, Coach Lake, but the you know what we deemed top tier, where they're waiting for a, a Kelly or something like that well, to 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 leave. Yeah. Jimmy Lake would have been one of those coaches to run one of these programs, maybe not a power program like UW, right? But still, great position. I agree, one hundred percent. They had a plan in place. There was no wiggle room. They said, None. coach stepping down, coach is hired. Right. Bing, bang, boom. Right. Done. And there's something to be said about not recycling the same coaches. If you're a head coach that got fired from a, from a job, what, like they keep recycling the same coaches. And it's good to get new blood in there. It really is. Yeah. And He's exciting. And, and he's, he's exciting. He is. He's exciting. He has, there speaks are so very many. Well, speaks very well, speaks well with the media, speaks, yes. well, speaks well with the players. Yes. Um, uh, Coach Peterson has been putting him in front of the camera for a long time. So he is used to uh, doing that. I mean, he was head coach in training. You know, when we look at it now and seeing what happened, Chris Peterson was grooming him to be a head coach. And that's exactly what they did. With, without question. And uh, when the former players that are now in the NFL – uh, saw this change happen and it went public. Um, they all came out and first of all said that Coach Peterson has made them the man they are today because of Coach Peterson. And if they played for Jimmy Lake, they said, you can't have a better person in that new head coaching position than my DB coach, Jimmy Lake. We'd like to thank J.C. Pearson, Jamal Fontaine, Scott Ligo, we, just everyone just for you know, jumping in last second and, and chiming in for a few minutes and getting their opinion on uh, on today. And, you know, there were a lot of different things talked about and kind of thrown around, which is great, right? I mean, that's what that's makes what conversation, about. right? So we about. really appreciate the time. For Dory Bennett, Will Sanchez, thanks for listening to NYC. We're out. We're out.